Piotr Jan's broken controller? Biggest disappointment of 2023? Dvalishvili humbles Gopnik. Piotr Jan crushed by Dvalishvili. Jan shows zero promise versus Dvalishvili. These are the Russian sports media headlines that uh, came out over the last couple of days. And I don't know about you, but I'm getting the sense that Piotr Jan may not have had the best outing of his career so far. It's kind of kind of brutal. This uh, can we call this downfall? Yeah, I think at this point we can call this a downfall, or at least uh, a return to form is uh, certainly warranted here. And uh, it seems uh, like a steep proposition at the moment. But yeah, going from one of the most promising bantamweights of all time to uh, uh, basically a downloading computer broke joke in the span of a year is a hell of a fall from grace. Let me tell you. Like, there are now actual jokes going around on social media about uh, how making fun of uh, the oft-repeated uh, adage of oft-repeated truism of Piotr Jan being uh, a slow starter and uh, uh, spending a couple rounds to just kind of faffing about in order to download data, download data, 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 whatever. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean... While a gross oversimplification, obviously for comedic effect, it's kind of, it's it's not that far from the truth, but I would say that it's it's mostly Marab Dvalishvili's approach that uh, caused Piotrian to you know just kind of shell up for five rounds and not do anything. And today we're going to talk about precisely that: Marab Dvalishvili versus Piotrian, or Piotrian versus Marab Dvalishvili, whatever. Dvalish uh, really employed uh, a style that most people now call weaponized pace and um, kind of just basically cardio bullied Petrian into oblivion and uh, it, it looked pretty jank <laughs> I mean it, it was an impressive performance and it was great and all but uh, watching it live it was kind of uh, kind of rough <laughs> <laughs> but it it was it's it's a clever approach if you have uh, endless cardio and can and can have the kind of cardio that allows you to do fifty takedown attempts uh, throughout the fight and just kind of grind through these lengthy wrestling exchanges and then repeat those lengthy exchanges again and again and again until you finally get one and then the opponent because Betrian is obviously a well versed defensive grappler. He managed to get up multiple times, and then Merab would just go back to square one. Just level change, level change, level change. It's uh, it's 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 kind of like watching it one of those like toy robots uh, going at someone. Like it just like you you know those toys like where you just wind up 
there was wind up toys. So you keep turning the key, turning the key, and then it goes out and it keeps going at you and going at you until it runs out of charge. Yeah, Merab Dwellish really style was pretty much that, except it doesn't run out of charge and it's kind of crazy to watch. Even though it's I mean, like I said, jank as fuck. But can't can't really knock uh, on on a performance like that. Uh, in terms of uh, like overall strategic stuff, there's nothing of note that uh, needs to be pointed out. That's pretty much the story of the fight. Uh, that, uh, I've just pre- I've pretty much just described the story of the fight right now, and uh, tons of neat grappling. Uh, Nuanced, uh, grappling nuances in there, like tactical stuff, like the actual techniques performed. Mirab was going uh, out. It's um, the, the thing about Mirab's grappling in his entries. It's uh, very like very. Uh, you can tell he's a sambo guy. Is what I'm trying to get at here. It's like, and uh, it's it's well suited for MMA, but uh, it doesn't uh, cause like these big explosive collisions where you kind of draw it didn't do this uh, very uh didn't do this kind of a i'm like i'm looking for for a word here that wouldn't imply that the other approach is more technical it's it's just something different it didn't go for the gsp drawing out the uh drawing out a squared up a situation in which the opponent was square his hips and then he would go for a blast double, like a uh, like a powerful shot. It's mostly just him bending over at the waist and getting to the hips, and then from there it's just uh, grindy, uh, grinding the opponent down, or grinding the opponent out along the cage. And Petrian, to his credit, for the first several rounds, he was doing a good job of getting his base under him, uh, tripoding, uh, <clears throat> uh, getting his. Uh, Know, getting his hips in, you know, in order to just not get pounced off, uh, off his feet. The wizard was there, addressed the hand, so all the usual Piotrian defensive grappling stuff. It's just that it never fucking stopped. <laughs> Merab just never stopped coming at him, and this is uh, the thing where the thing that I'm go- I want to focus on here is um, the issues that were ev- like always present in Petrian's game. I kind of talked about the, those issues in the previous uh, Petrian Loses Embarrassingly podcast, which was uh, the Sean O'Malley podcast. And it's uh, it's his tendency to just get into this um, mentality of your turn, my turn, and just letting the opponent do too much. And it's not a recent problem. He's always had that problem, but he used to be better about finding his spots to retaliate. The, the typical tactic employed by Mirab for this fight was to just throw a 1-2, cause Petrian to cover up, and just get on the hips. And he's done that repeatedly throughout the fight, and Petrian never really found any sort of adjustment to it. Uh, he would find a nice opportunity to land a kick here and there. He would find some nice um, uh, rear straights, in fact, I'm, in fact, funnily enough, uh, I think the best moments that he that he was able to find were early on, contrary to his usual style of you know give up the first two rounds and then open up throughout the fight. 
And I would attribute that to the sheer attrition that Mirab was, uh, has been able to, you know, uh, he was able to basically like tire him out. And so his, uh, his already meager output has, uh, has only kept falling throughout the fight. Petrian has, uh, I, I don't know, I'm not sure what the issue he is, um, what's the issue with him, because it does, it's um, ever since the first Alger fight, where he was able to dominate handily until the illegal knee, and um, I mean, up until that point, it was an ass whooping. And technically speaking, the illegal knee was also like, it's, if, if it was a like, in the rules, if it was allowed in the rules, it would have been a legitimate finish with the uh, very scarce moments of uh, successful Alger there. And it's kind of, it almost seems like it's the moment stuck in his brain and he's almost like trying to repeat that success and uh, with the intent to fix the ending. And it just doesn't work because he's not adjusting to the actual opponent in front of him. He's constantly like fighting Alger over and over. I don't know. This is just just a, a, a fun idea to think about, but I think it's still early to run retrospectives on Petrian, but he does strike me as uh, what uh, Simon and Srim described as a skill bully. And it's an interesting concept because we usually, in MMA, we usually talk about like, oh, this guy's a chin bully, or this guy's a side bu- size bully, he's a weight bully, he's a length bully, an attribute bully. bully. You have uh, a physical uh, or an anthropometric advantage over your opponent, and that's how you win. You just, you just kind of skirt, you just kind of skate past opponents based on this attribute you have, or like enormous punching power, huge durability, just uh, endless cardio, that kind of stuff. Whereas with Piotr Jan, he's, he's a fighter that can do it all, pretty much. He's a well-educated striker, good wrestler, knows how to wrestle, not just knows how to do a couple of things in wrestling to defend himself from getting taken down. No, he can wrestle. Uh, he can scramble. He can defend in very, uh, very tricky situations. Can wrestle his way out of those tricky situations. However, it, these days it doesn't come into a cogent, doesn't come, doesn't come together into coherent performances. There's no directionality to these performances anymore. Because if you go back and watch at his, um, more uh, his better performances early on, even as early as ACB, uh, it was always directionality. He ut- he was a clear cut pressure fighter. He always utilized pressure to find moments of success, find his spots, cause his opponents to make mistakes. Sure, his pressure was mostly just kind of walking towards people and kind of cutting off escape routes, but it generated enough threat that his opponents were starting to become um started making less than ideal decisions and that's where those little tiny lapses in judgments that's where Jan would capitalize on those now however that's kind of nowhere to be seen <laughs> it's all like i said it's your turn my turn he just kind of shells up and he has a he has a very nice high guard. He can roll with shots. He can slip shots. Uh, he can take a lot of shots on, on the forearms and on the, on the top of his head. Some great defensive acumen. But he doesn't open up after uh, afterwards. It, it's not catch and pitch. It used to be 
in his better fights, it used to be catch and pitch, like catch something on the guard, maybe like, yeah, like, yeah, wait out a combo and then uh, retaliate. And now it's just, especially against a person, especially against a fighter like Mirab, you, you can't do that. <laughs> if you start waiting out against Mirab, it's always going to be, it, it's it's going to be not your turn, my turn. It's just going to keep, it's, it's just going to continue being his turn. That's not how you fight an opponent like that. And so Piotr Jan is, uh, he's that type of fighter where, uh, yeah, he can do it all, but if you don't combine, if you don't pick specific tools for for your opponent, your specific direction in which you're going to fight, and uh, don't focus on the most effective techniques for this particular fight, I mean, that's what you're just going to get. You're just going to keep fighting like a way worse fighter than you actually are. You become less than the sum of your parts, which is the opposite of what an elite fighter should accomplish. Because ostensibly, if if you look at the matchup, <clears throat> okay, so Mirab has a style that weaponizes pace. You look at the specifics of how he employs that style, and you can see that he sacrifices some mechanical, you know, uh, clarity in order to continue pouring on volume. Yeah, his uh, his body mechanics have improved in striking. His uh, uh, he didn't really need the most mechanically perfect takedowns in order to get them because that was not the intent. The intent was to continue pushing for them. So that Yan has to respond to two threats at once. But the downside of that is that you can still find spots where you can punish uh, those trade-offs. Because those are trade-offs. Fighters like Rafael Asante or Jose Aldo, or even, for example, Alexander Volkanovsky, are great at minimizing the opponent's output. But let's focus on the previous two examples. Like, how do they do that? How do they accomplish that? Well, the, the, the two main factors are, first, excellent sense of positioning, excellent footwork on the back foot. And through that, they, they're able to not continuously back up, but take an off-angle step, and then the second part comes in. They just punch the opponent really fucking hard. <laughs> That's the style. And that's the style that works really, really well against uh, an opponent like Mirab. But uh, since uh, obviously they've aged out right now, and uh, Jose Ado has uh, uh, was like all the shit against Mirab, he, he couldn't employ that. Now, can Piotr Jan do that? Ostensibly, yes, given his skill level and the, his body mechanics, his punching mechanics are, are excellent. He has good footwork, but he lacks. He either lacks comfort or doesn't drill uh, the necessary steps in order to uh, get good at those two things. Because, come to think of it, like if you if you asked if you showed Mirab to like for example a uh, a boxing coach, what he'd look what what he'd say is uh, a nice two a nice two three would work wonders right here right like right about now. Jan attempted check hooks here and there. He attempted cut kicks and that, but 
well, too little, too late, and also not enough of them. But if you go back and watch that fight, it's it's usually just his defensive response has been exploited because while his high guard is versatile and good, it's also become one of his only defensive responses. Like it's almost like he doesn't slip punches anymore. He just covers up. He doesn't take off angle steps and retaliate with counters. His mid counters, mid range counters, used to be great, and now just they're nowhere to be seen. As, like against Sean O'Malley, he just kind of devolved into like throwing these huge pursuing shifting combinations. And against Alger the second time around, it was a similar deal. It's a weird form of overconfidence. I don't think. Um, it almost comes across as uh, he, he kind of like wants to convey that, oh, I can do it all. I'm so well-rounded. I know how to do all these things, all these things. And so I don't need to like focus on two specific approaches for a fight. I'm just going to throw shit out and uh, win somehow. And that's not how it works. That's missing the point. In his best performances, he's been able to find and build towards these moments, towards these fight-defining moments by subtly building towards them. And now he's kind of fights like this broad all-rounder without committing specifically to any one approach and ends up cycling through a bunch of half-hearted big moment attempts without building to them, while also being passive as hell. It's like, he's like boneless Masvidal, except with maybe better wrestling. Having all these, having both attributes and skill and not build on top of them to... Uh, make for a coherent game is it's like a next level dumb it's like <laughs> it's like a new level of stupidity for an MMA fighter I don't know Piotr Jan also came out with a statement and he made an Instagram post where he talked about uh, the fight and uh, he alleged that he came in with some kind of injury or physical issue that prevented him from fighting at 100% obviously your mileage may wa- may vary and, and uh, uh, but nevertheless, I translated the thing, and here's the translation. Uh, I'm just going to quote it. So, on Saturday, um, on Saturday, I had my fight, and uh, I lost. It's sad, it's painful. I'm still trying to wrap my head around what just happened, but you can't wind it all back, so what are you going to do? I was satisfied with my pre- preparation, and there were a few factors that weighed me down that were on my mind, but I believed that I will pull through regardless. So we got to the States, took a couple of days to recover from the flight, started working again. Then I realized I need PT, I need physical therapy. I worked every day for a week and had faith that everything will be fine. A week before, everything will be fine. A week before the fight, we went for a 5x5, 5x5 fryer. So, translator's note, I have no idea what that is, but it sounds like some kind of very tough conditioning work. Like maybe even like a 25-minute a hard sparring session, basically just a blowout workout. Um, so continuing the quote, my lungs opened up very nice, uh, and uh, then we started cutting weight. <clears throat> I never thought about calling off the fight. I think it was evident that I could not hit or move. Had to tough it out. I know that I have the skill and can do better. We gotta run a reload, make corrections. Okay, so I'm sorry if that sounds kind of incoherent, but the original post in Russian was also pretty much a mess and very vague. It's a whole bunch of allusions to kind of like 
whatever the fuck. So I had some kind of issue, so I didn't didn't fight the way I wanted to fight. Can couldn't do shit. So ah no man. I mean, this this kind of stuff happens in fighting. People get dropped in sparring before the fight. People tweak muscles, joints pop out. The list goes on. But so like it's whatever. We can't really know for sure unless he tells us exactly what it was. It's not unrealistic. But I don't think it's the excuse that he may want to go with because even if he did some kind of have some kind of physical issue, there 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 are bigger issues around that you could you should pay attention to if you are Peterian. Those issues that I've just described prior to this segment, which is like the loss of directionality, um, not preparing for the specific fighter in front of you. Not preparing for your matchups, not uh, picking an approach, being too passive. The list goes on. And while it's fun to kind of dunk on Petrian and uh, kind of just uh, talk about how he's only beaten cans and how his uh, resume doesn't stand up all that much, and yeah, it doesn't. But like on I like based on eye test, if you if you go back and watch his earlier fights, I think we can clearly say that the guy lost a step, and it's not because he's getting washed or whatever. It's just because he's not preparing right. I think it's it's it's, it's there is a certain there is a certain complacency about him, the way he fights now, and it's just kind of it's. Wouldn't say sad, but just disappointment, disappointing to see. My uncle and my grandfather, who uh, the grandfather is a samba wrestler and my uncle is a kickboxer, respectively, and they always talked about this idea of uh, trying to emphasize how defensively sound you are, or how to take down you are and keep down your uh, how hard it's to to keep you down, and all that kind of stuff. Being a slickster, having iron hips, and yada yada yada. But the point, the problem becomes where you just pivot towards emphasizing this at the expense of offense. Like when you do nothing but defend, you forget that the best way to not let people hit you or wrestle you is to hit them a lot or wrestle them a lot. It's 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 hard to translate. But the, like the, this specific tidbit of, of wisdom was formulated as "не жди соперника, а то дождешься," and uh, the it, I guess it can be rendered as "don't wait for your opponent because you'll get what you were waiting for," like fuck around and find out essentially, but mostly in the sense of letting your opponent do shit for free. And uh, yeah, Jan would really benefit from like an old grumpy Soviet coachman slapping him across the face with a focus mitt while saying that. That said, while doing lots of stuff is pretty much the MMA meta, I don't think people, uh, I don't think it's the big meta shift that people are talking about right now, because people were talking about it as <clears throat> as early as uh, the Holloway versus Cater fight, where Holloway hit Cater with ten thousand punches per round. Uh, MMA has always been a pace matter. It's always been a game where cardio and durability matter most. It's always been a game where being aggressive and constantly attacking has been the thing to do. You, If you want to win, 
You have to do lots of stuff. It's it's kind of like it's it, the thing is the world of MMA is cyclical. It's this it's the same thing as um, the the thing where pe- people were talking about when Habib was at the top of his game. Like oh, from now on it's always going to be a specialist's game. You can't specialize. You can, you can't try and get good at everything. Just pick a thing, pick a lane, and stick to it, and that's how you win. And then we started getting fighters like Volkanovski again, and uh, people like f- that follow the similar, follow a similar mold to GSP, who were kind of "I am good at everything" type guy. And, and now people are talking about, "Oh, you have to get good at everything in MMA again." Except now people are focusing on uh, having outrageous cardio and just throwing lots of volume. And mostly, I would say that the problem is just. The thing is, is that fighters like Aldo and Asuncao I just have uh, have aged out, and um, there's not too many of them around anymore. But it doesn't mean that this style of fighting is no longer applicable or that it's dead. Those guys are just not around anymore. And the thing is that, like most fighters in MMA, have bad defense compared compared to a lot of other combat sports. Partially because offense is so much, so is emphasized so much, and partially because you can't learn to be good at defense without sacrificing something else, which Petrian may have done in recent years. But uh, I mean, yeah, if you want to win at a high level, you should probably be active. You you should probably be. I wouldn't say you should. The, the idea. For an elite fighter, is um, I would say that uh, the generalized idea of what a, an elite fighter should do is be consistent. It's not being super active all the time. And if you are, that's great. But you have to be consistent with it. You have to find a way that, in a, like through which you can constantly and consistently employ the thing you are good you are good at at the high level. From fight to fight. So it's not that the meta has been redefined. It's just that, you know, <laughs> just doing lots of stuff and maintaining initiative is just, it's the key to winning fights. You don't win a boxing match by defending and you don't win a wrestling match by defending either. Everywhere, you, it's, it's preferable to be active than being passive. But I would say the most important thing is to be able to control the initiative. Alexander Volkanovsky is not the type of fighter that just throws lots of volume. Uh, he controls the initiative. Okay, so yeah, he's consistent with his uh, like safety leads. He's consistent with the low kicks. He's consistent with the jabs. And uh, he has consistent point scorers. And he has good footwork. And so he's able to control the pace of the fight and control the initiative through those tools. And that's how he, win- he sets up... Uh, to his win condition, that's how he builds up to his, uh, to to you know to to get to a situation in which he gets the W. And Mirab Dvalish really has a style that allows him to rack up wins, uh, he, he consistently. But it's not a style that will work for everyone. It will work for you if you have Mirab's cardio, and that's kind of it. So I I would say that. From a certain perspective, it's saying that um, Mirab's style is, has redefined the meta, or it's like it's how everyone should fight right now. It's kind of like saying that 
uh, oh, Francis Ngannou <laughs> uh, knocks out everyone jankily, and that's uh, and as such, everyone just has to throw punching mechanics out the door. I mean, fuck, fucking Francis Ngannou, even though he's gone from the UFC right now, he learned how to punch properly and uh, had the best showing of his career versus Tipi Miocic the second time around. So it's all relative, really. Like, the MMA is too complex to have the one thing that everyone does define an era of the sport. There are so many factors. It's, uh, it depends on the scouting and depends on what sort of talent that the fighter, that the organization signed in this five-year cycle. And uh, to who, who's at the top of the division? Who's the champion? Did the champion have a long reign? All that factors in. So I would caution against making these broad sweeping statements. Bold statements. To the, the, the bold statements sound nice, but MMA and reality by extension is much too nuanced for such statements to remain true in all senses of the word. With all that said, I am interested in seeing how I mean, obviously, the, the divisional situation, the, um, uh, uh, the championship situation at Bantamweight has always been fucked, and it's still fucked, it remains fucked, and uh, who, who the fuck knows like, what, what will happen, because Mirab obviously has uh, went on to say that he's never fighting Alger because the two are very good friends, and Sterling is talking about how he's going to vacate the, the title and uh, move up, whether that hap- that will happen time or hotel so for now it's kind of like who knows and um uh, i think very early on in Mirab's career career uh, aljo has mentioned that uh, they tried doing a test card to 125 and, and decided against that and i think it was a wise decision like obviously you fucking <laughs> you will lose the one thing that enables your style so it's a very bad idea that said, uh, so to just go back to the actual fight at hand. So before I forget to mention it, um, it's interesting how, since obviously, yeah, Aljo and Merab trained together, and Merab obviously watched the two Aljo versus Yan fights, he kind of employed the same approach that uh, Aljo employed versus Yan. But I think the difference is that since... Uh, Merab is so much smaller and cuts uh, less weight and also just has a plain better gas tank. That's really allowed him to employ the same game plan a lot more effectively. There's also the, sh- the short selection question in that Merab didn't really go for lots of, like, you know, just to, to quote Tiger Shulman, stupid shit, uh, because Aljamain, first of all, in the first fight, he kind of psyched himself out and gassed out and then started going for lots and lots of spinning shit that just kept allowing Petrian to take his back. And the second fight, I mean, Aljamain Sterling's striking style is just kind of conducive to getting your flow interrupted uh, with all the spinning shit and uh, the kicking, the janky kicking. Whereas with Merab Dvalishvili, he just kind of went for a basic uh, wrestle boxy approach. Just kind of your basic bitch meat and potatoes MMA game, which is perfectly fine. It's uh, kind of like being Frankie Edgar on... Uh, on meth, except you constantly go forward. Am I a fan of that style? Uh, subjectively, no. Is it effective? Objectively, yes. But um, 
I think it's kind of uh, I, I will I will always have a blind spot for Merab in that respect because I just kind of I I, I have to admit it kind of annoys me to watch him <laughs> just um, it, it, I'm a technique nerd at heart I I like it when fighters employ clean nifty sleek techniques and uh, yeah it's it may be a bit of a weakness of mine it may be to to my detriment. But I will not deny that weaponizing cardio is a valid approach in fighting. That said, I hope Merab goes on to develop his striking and uh, tie his striking with his uh, grappling game more. And um, maybe even, even work on some... I would really think that Merab's style and efficacy would skyrocket if he... Versus different opponents, obviously versus Jan, this is the approach. But against some other guys, maybe it's better to kind of work on getting that provoking jab going. Maybe so that the opponent kind of is compelled to throw the overhand, and which opens up the hips and clears the path to the hips, squares them up, and you can just uh, get that level change from there. Classic setup. Work on getting like the right straight to the body going, which disguises the level change. And from there, you can enter the hips more cleanly without like swarming someone else's guard because not everyone employs the same guard Peter Jan does. Not everyone will shell up like him. Obviously, uh, the, who, who else is there at uh, Bantamweight for Merab to fight? There's Sanhagen, there's uh, Cheeto. How those fights would go, I I think it's early to say. I would need to just kind of do some research. I would say both are smushable against the fence, but they also long as fuck, and so they kind of kind of like if they emphasize tying, if they emphasize addressing the hands and kind of leaning on that fence uh, uh, to get up, I think they can just sort of length their way out of those tight spots. Cheetah Vera obviously a much bigger hitter than uh, Sanhagen, so that's going to be interesting. If he still tries to play the, this uh, economical game, the same game that he played against uh, Dominic Cruz, um, uh, uh, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd advise that. Maybe going forward, Cheetah Vera is good at pressuring, good at uh, kicking, good at. Uh, Throwing one twos to preoccupy the opponents. It's the the classic uh, long man, uh, clinchy long man game. Uh, is how I would call it. Lots of straight punching pressure, snap kicks, hitting kicks. Now is kicking up Mirab advisable? Maybe not, but knees will from the clinch will work. I think the same thing that uh, uh, Shafkat used against uh, uh, Jeff Neal on that card that uh, was headlined. That had that awful, awful headline of Fat John Jones versus uh, Cyril Gunn. and doesn't know anything about nothing. If you can't tell from my voice, I've, I've been down with a really, really bad cold for the past week. And so I was uh, kind of didn't have the voice. Uh, my vo- voice was too weak and my overall well-being, overall, overall, I felt like shit. So I didn't record anything about Gun versus Jones, because even though there was some stuff to talk about, mostly about narratives around John Jones and such, but nah, I think the fight side has produced enough John Jones content over the years. So, eh, what else is there to say about that topic? 
Merab versus Sean O'Malley is shockingly interesting. <laughs> as, 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 as fucked up as that sounds, because because Sean O'Malley hits fuck off hard, as it turns out, and uh, can circle out and uh, punch off the back foot. But the way his moves around, I think he's also just liable to get to get smushed against the fence. So, eh. and but the problem is, is that Merab is not exactly like. Uh, He's not exactly Max Holloway, in, even though he's basically employing the wrestling Max Holloway type approach. But uh, I'm just kind of spitballing here. It may end up that uh, Mirab just kind of smushes everyone, but nah. um, he, he's not exactly Habib now, is he? Holding people down is is the issue here. Having finishing threats also is. I don't know. Uh, yeah. What what can I say? Piotr Jan's uh, fall off has been kind of sad to see. Uh, like a year ago, I, I was talking about how the the key to beating Piotr Jan is uh, to be a much more formidable technician. You have to combine incredibly precise skill with massive hitting power and be an advanced cage general. And turns out the actual key to beating Jan is just going at him and going like. Kind of like like that uh, Smiling Friends episode where uh, the big nose guy, the yellow the yellow man, goes to hell, and there's this demon uh, this, uh, <laughs> that he later punches in the liver, <laughs> which uh, Sriram would say is is what would happen had Mirab fought Prime Asuncao. But <laughs> sadly, Asuncao has uh, has been Keith Peterson right before his retirement. Which is a topic in itself. I mean, we've always thought that Piotr Jan is not exactly it on the back foot, and so if you if you're a good enough puncher, you, you and just go forward and blast him, that may just work. Except it turns out that you, in lieu of uh, punching power, if you have cardio and you have uh, if you're wrestling enough, that will work as well. Uh, as to whether or not Petrian was 100% for that fight or, or was uh, uh, injured in any way, I don't know. It sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me. Maybe if he got... If you if you go with the idea that the 5x5 Friar is some kind of hard sparring session where you emulate a title fight and just like, I don't know, fight fresh guys each uh, sparring round and he just got fucked up and that shot his confidence. That may be more believable because he did certainly seem timid and unwilling to do anything, but uh, that's his problem. This doesn't diminish Mirab's uh, performance. It's still extremely impressive to just wrestle for 25 minutes and just still have enough energy to just prattle on, pr- prattle off, fire off a, like a, a borderline incoherent interview afterwards. Is Perterian still an incredible athlete? I mean, to wrestle with uh, Mirab really at such an intensity, yeah, obviously you have to. Is still is is he still a promising fighter? I don't know. He he would need a drastic. Uh, he would need to have you know a drastic restructuring in his camp for that to happen. I think because, as I've said before, he fights like a much worse fighter than he actually is. He's less than he the sum of his parts right now. I think he should fight way, way down. 
uh, both uh, as kind of a punishment, but also to prove if he still has his mojo, if he can still beat an opponent that's less elite than the opponents he's been fighting um, lately. And uh, yes, unfortunately, <laughs> I have to include Sean O'Malley into that column. For now, at least, because if Piotrian cannot beat I don't know, this, this is just MMA math. <laughs> just ignore that segment. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he has to prove that he can beat a person who's ostensibly worse than he is to prove that he still has some kind of, like, you know, elite fighter mojo. Otherwise, yeah, into the bin he goes. As for Merab, keep working, keep growing. Uh, I'm looking forward to him actually showing some... Um, you know, if you combine... It just, just hit me. If you combine... This like forwardy style, like constantly pressing forward, with some actual like nice footwork, in and out footwork with the jab. This would open up so many, so many possibilities. If he develops like a, a nice hard left hook, that's also maybe even a leaping left hook. That's just gonna be grand. But that's kind of obviously. Just, <laughs> if a horse had wheels, type talk. All right. Uh, the rest of the card, maybe once I've caught up on the rest of the card, I will talk about some of the cool bantamweight fights that happened on there because I've watched, uh, yeah, I've had a massive fever that day and uh, um, I just kind of like sporadically tuned in and then I would feel like shit again and then I would zone out and so I kind of didn't pay attention to the fights that were obviously great and so I want to kind of actually like, almost watched them for the first time. <laughs> From what I've seen of the Victor Henry versus Tony Gravely fight, it was a banger. So obviously I want to want to catch up on that one. I've seen glimpses of... Uh, I've, I've caught the finish of uh, the Sunsail versus David Grant, uh, which was sad. But uh, I've been led to believe that uh, the Sunsail looked amazing prior to that, prior to the Keith Peterson fuck out. Fuck out? Fuck up. Keith Peterson, fuck up. <laughs> so maybe look forward to the second part of this uh, podcast, but also uh, the Forbidden Technique boys are going to do uh, a recap of the, of, the, of the event. So if they put it out quicker than me, then just listen to that. It's going to be on the Fightside Podcast Network, uh, where all, all our stuff is. So yeah, that's kind of it for the time being. Um, a couple of announcements. We began rolling out a commission service on our uh, Ko-Fi or Ko-Fi page, however you're supposed to say it, uh, where you can pay us, like uh, for example, like ten bucks for an alternate commentary. If you always wanted to hear an alternate commentary for for a fight that never got it, then that's your chance. Also, you can pay us uh, twenty bucks and get a podcast, that kind of stuff. Just the prices. The price list is still changing based on feedback we're receiving from our subscribers, uh, but so far those two should be a done deal. If if uh, if you want if you want to get a piece of content customized to your tastes, just you know, get over there and check it out. Beyond that, I'm uh, yeah. If you if you didn't know before, uh, I've been on the run. <laughs> <laughs> I fled Russia a year ago more than a year ago now me and my wife did and uh, we're trying to get to the US so we can um, 
link up with our colleagues uh, from with my colleagues from the fight side maybe even set up a studio who knows uh, record some cool projects and also ensure that i don't get conscripted or mobilized and shipped off to fight and die in ukraine for no reason at all so i also have a Kofi page and you can throw a couple of bucks my way that would be much appreciated we're in the final stages of our visa applications and so we're gonna get a yes or no answer from the USCIS in the next within the next month and so we're kind of hoping to uh, gather enough money so we can afford the tickets and just you know uh, leave Russia behind forever what do you get out of this well hopefully some cool fireside content uh, down the line maybe we'll go around visiting uh gyms with, with uh ben cone um, who does uh the the, the, fight, the fighter interviews record some technique breakdowns live and have some fighters and coaches or the people that train there demonstrate some techniques or maybe we'll record vlogs all sorts of things are become possible if that happens so yeah big plans big plans uh just hope it all happens. Hope it all works out. We're inches away from being home free. And a little bit of help counts right now more than ever. I mean, if a hundred people gathers together and, and throws ten bucks my way, that's already a thousand dollars. So that that's real money. But anyway, enough about the somber stuff. I hope uh, you've enjoyed this uh, quick impromptu episode of Tinkerdome. Um I know I didn't go necessarily as in-depth as I usually do, but I um, hope it still made for a pleasant enough listen. Again, look forward to the next episode of The Forbidden Technique. Check out uh, our commission's price list. Maybe if something catches your eye and you can... Uh, if you want us to do something, just you can uh, make it happen right now and we'll start working on it. Hoping to see more good stuff from uh, Dvalishvili. Hope he keeps improving and uh, for the benefit of the division I hope Petrian makes a, finally makes a turnaround gets his mojo back and we can get more sick fights and uh, still the best division in the UFC if you want crazy all-around action because Bantamweight is still the one division where you can just get, pick two random names smush them together and you're gonna get a good fight and I want the title picture to look like this, the top five to still look like this as well. Because there's now a bit of a disparity at Bantamweight, like the top five is all weird and fucked up. The title picture is like up in the air, but the stuff down down there, down the rankings, it's still great. And when the elites of the Bantamweight division come together to fight, it's still one of the best things to see in the sport. Let's hope it stays that way. And all the best to Asan Sao in his retirement. Hope he lives a long and happy life. Legend. Anyway, that's that for today. I think my fever medication is wearing off. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>